everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is our science fiction movie podcast. Every week we get together, we've watched a movie and we talk about it. This episode is actually a premium vote winner from patreon.com slash TV. Uh, one of our, our $10 perks is, a, is an extra vote where movies from streams go up against movies from the Ace. And of course this time uh an ace movie one and it is explorers uh a film by joe dante from 1985 and i have to say this one is near and dear to my heart i grew up watching this i had this taped off of tv as a young young lad and watched it very often kind of and it is very much the same year that goonies came out this was bizarrely kind of a goonies-esque movie just with a space focus instead of a a piratey treasure focus and Mm -hmm. Uh, Goodies is the one that caught the zeitgeist. Goodies is the one that everyone talks about and remembers. I love both, but uh, Explorers is the one that kind of got left behind. So, but it's a Joe Dante movie. Joe Dante made a lot of movies that I really like. Uh, we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you warning before we go into the spoilers. And I've kind of, you know, told you at least how I felt in the past about it. We'll talk about how I felt on this this you know rewatch. And it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, but Tara, I believe you had never seen this before. Actually, I have seen this before. What? You lied to me. I didn't. <laughs> well, I, I didn't recognize the movie until the third act. And then I <laughs> very much remembered watching this movie as a kid. Okay. I just, I would have flashes of, in my mind, of uh, what the characters that we meet. And kept thinking, I wonder what movie that's from. And I would think it's kind of like Flight of the Navigator, but I know I've seen that one more recently, and that wasn't it. Um, but it was this movie, so I have seen this before. All right, well, I guess without further ado, after this current viewing, how did you feel about Explorers? I think it's it's pretty sweet. Um, I do like it. Uh, I, I, I guess it did stick with me a bit when I watched it as a kid. I didn't own it, so... <laughs> Uh, I didn't have multiple viewings of it, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's a pretty fun adventure. Um, Joe Dante knows how to direct kids. You know, they're all really great. Um, I like the the whimsy, the um, like the awe of what they're going through. Um, I don't I don't love the third act. I do find the characters that are introduced to be. Uh, difficult to watch. I think they're very annoying. <laughs> yeah, the third act, of course, I mean, we're staying out with some spoilers. It's, it's kind of hard to talk about what the third act remotely is uh, mm-hmm. and, and spoiler-free, but uh, it, that's definitely... I imagine that. I liked it when I was a kid, though. and But as an adult watching it, I found it very difficult to watch. It's definitely a sentiment that I, I've seen here or there over the years, that people don't love the third act that much and think it's what lets the, the movie down a bit. Um, I like a, a like, I like a fair bit of the third act. Uh, I, I I wouldn't necessarily disagree though about certain elements, uh, shall we say, but uh, no, I I like I say I grew up watching this and there's something about the the, the premise of three kids who were older than I was at the time. When I started watching this movie, I was probably like five or six, uh, mm-hmm. and watched it up until I was about the age of the kids in this, which is about thirteen ish, and you know it's th- it's three kids who build a spaceship and it actually flies and like goes out of space like it, 
that's what the movie's about <laughs> and it's it's that idea of like i mean obviously the title's explorers but it really is about exploring and the idea of that sense of adventure as a kid and um whereas goonies you know it's very much the sunday rainy afternoon of like okay let's let's make an adventure out of nothing that's what the goonies mm-hmm. is about this is more about actually kind of like a coming of age sense of discovery sense of doing things but there's a little bit of an arc there's a little bit of a moral to the story by the end of course um but like you said though joe dante's great with kids um there's a young guy who stars in this uh i've never heard of him but his name's uh pretty cool ethan hawk uh, i don't know if anyone knows who ethan hawk is um but he's in here as the lead cool. character he's so cute <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe really strikes me odd watch because obviously when I watched as a kid I didn't know who Ethan Hawke was he was just this was just the kid in Explorers and it wasn't until Ethan Hawke became a thing later that when I went back and watched Explorers maybe like around my like I don't know late teens early 20s I went wait a minute <laughs> this is Ethan Hawke I know but, that mouth breather but when I watched it this time what really stuck out to me is how much he's really not changed since he was this age because he's still so Ethan Hawke in this like mm-hmm. he's so like even just his mannerisms and the way he he says yeah think about it it makes sense like it's, uh, but the way he says it I'm like that's Ethan Hawke that's Ethan Hawke it's still him <laughs> like some actors like when you look at them as a kid then you look at them as they're older maybe it's because they have a lot of work done to their face or maybe it's because they just age differently but Ethan Hawke like no that's Ethan, it's still him it's still clearly Ethan Hawke even though he's like thirteen yeah yeah this is his first credit on IMDb and oh, really? he's just so so youthful and fresh face and adorable and i think he's great in this he's so into the adventure plus he's a total nerd sci-fi nerd like we are oh absolutely <laughs> uh we'll get to that a bit uh, but uh, the other two of course because there's three leads uh we have river phoenix who uh became quite famous and died you know uh quite young uh tragically um i think he was only 23 when he died mm-hmm. and you know, so he's there as the as the sort of brainy nerdy one, the you know the science guy, Wolfgang, is <laughs> of course whose father in the movie. And I'd forgotten this is played by James Cornwell. <laughs> yeah, the man who's always been old. Yes, yes, he's looked <laughs> the same age for the last forty years. It's just really something. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then you have the third kid, who is the actor that I don't really know from anything. Uh, uh, Jason Presson, uh, but he plays Darren, and he's kind of like the. I guess kind of the cool sort of like outlaw wild card. I mean, it's maybe a bit of a hyperbolic to use those words, but you know, he's kind of a loner. He rides a bit, you know, a motorbike. Uh, he, he, he's he's, he's able to stand up to bullies, though. Yeah. And yeah, he's the cool, the cool outcast. I don't know what. He's um. Uh, he's Kevin Dillon in the Blob. <laughs> but the junior high version of Kevin Dillon, right? <laughs> There you go. I, I, I can get on board with that that description. So, no, but I, I think the kids are great, and I think it's growing up with movies like this that I think that there's this modern perception of kids in movies are usually terrible or TV shows, and I think I never understood that for a while when I was younger because I feel like so many movies I grew up with had great kids in movies, and I'm like, what, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? There's tons of good kids in movies. But the truth is, is that when you watch a lot of modern stuff, yeah, like you, you tend to like cherish when there is a good kid actor or there's a good kid character in something, because there's so yeah. many examples now of like really annoying kids or directors who just don't know how to handle kids, so they come off as really irritating or, or really just I don't know unnatural in the way. And it's not so much that these kids are super realistic or that good kid characters are super realistic, because sometimes my favorite kid characters are the ones that are like 
oh, this kid's got dialogue as if he's like a 40 year old, and that's actually quite funny. And that, that, that like works. Like Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> like Jojo, yeah, exactly. Jojo Rabbit, the, 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 the best friend of Jojo Rabbit. He was great. Uh, I'm into that stuff. But uh, no, the, kid, the kids are fantastic. Uh, and it's got that East Charm, Jerry Goldsmith. Uh, does the music and it sounds like Jerry Goldsmith yeah I do like the score a lot a lot of wonderment in there and mm-hmm. uh, those, those moments because he also did the score of Supergirl and there was like, a, few, a few little cues I was like you know what there's a little bit of Supergirl uh, <laughs> in this score I'm seeing, I'm seeing a little why not bit no of... one saw that movie so just reuse it <laughs> no it's, one should see that movie it's sad but uh, but uh, <laughs> true um I don't know if I actually no one should see it. I think if you do see it, though, you have to go in knowing what it is. And... Isn't she, like, painting her nails when she's on her way from Krypton? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. It was if, a movie I made up. No, if I remember, I think what you're not, uh, there's something that's giving you that memory. I think what you're remembering is that when she's on, not Krypton, she's on Argo City, which is a floating city that left Krypton before mm-hmm. it exploded. There's a bit of technology when it's like going around like the the, the I don't know the city if you will, uh, where there's there's like a I don't think it's hard. There's it's another character who's using like these crystals to like change her nailed color. I think that's something that's in that scene, but it's not Supergirl mm. and it's not when she's on her way to Earth. This so I, I think you're just mixing parts together. Uh, okay. That movie is absurdly sexist though, um, <laughs> for a lot of other reasons. Nail painting's not one of them. Okay. Uh, the fact that the, the villain, <laughs> yeah. played by legendary actress Faye Dunaway uh, and Supergirl, essentially it, it devolves into fighting over a really, really dumb but really handsome hunk. <laughs> That's really what the plot revolves around. Alright, I should check this out again. Once, once he gets going. Uh, the hunk, of course, is also the guy who plays Ellis in Die Hard, which just, you know, let that sink in. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes, uh, anyway, so it was just really good. Uh, of course, it's a Joe Dante movie. It wouldn't be a Joe Dante movie without Dick Miller with his regular small, you know, recurring role almost he has in these movies. He's in, he's in both Gremlins movies. He's in Small Soldiers. He's in... Love that Dick Helen? Miller. I think he's in the Helen as well. Um, but he's also in all things, though. He's in, you know, the classic Chopping Mall, for example, The Terminator. Uh, as Star well. Trek Deep Space Nine. I did not know that, but there you go. Not the only Star Trek actor. I mean, we already mentioned uh, Carnwell, of course, from uh, <laughs> First Contact and various other uh, bit roles. Uh, but there's actually a surprise uh, actor that I didn't know about until the credits, uh, but a certain Mr. Picardo did uh, yes, appear Picardo. in two the different roles. From Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, he's in two different roles in this three. movie. Oh, three? Oh, oh, I missed one, apparently. He's uh, also the father we meet at the end. Oh, okay, okay. All right, okay, okay, yes, okay. Technically a third. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, interesting cast. There's, there's a lot of fun little, like, classic 50s sci-fi sort of references and nostalgia in this, which is kind of funny because, you know, so many things we watch now have nostalgia for the 80s, but this has nostalgia for the 50s and 50s sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Hawk's character. War of the Worlds. It's super, yeah. War of the Worlds, we see him watching that on TV. There's a name drop of this island Earth in the first we 10 see, minutes. No, we, we see scenes from this island Earth, and he describes the alien, the mutant. Yeah, we see it afterwards, but I'm saying before we even see it, though, he name drops it, because he's, he's trying to convince the other kid, like, hey, I just got this island Earth, you should come over and watch it, it's great. I can't listen to any scene from this island Earth without 
doing the speaking roles of Tom Servo, Curti Robot, and Mike Nelson. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater has forever ruined a probably classic science fiction film that we'll have to review one day. I don't know how, like... Because I, I remember it coming in, like, a box set I had of, like, you know, like, 750 sci-fi classics, and I think the universal opinion whenever I looked up reviews of this box set were, like, okay, there's six classics in here, and then this hell and the earth makes up the numbers. <laughs> it was always kind of sentiment. <laughs> That might still just be, like, because of the Mystery Science Theater movie. Like, maybe critics have changed their mind about the movie. I remember not liking it as much as the other ones, or more to the point. Honestly, I don't think it's a bad film. Well, no, I don't think it was terrible, but it was very forgettable. I don't remember a thing about that movie. I know I watched it, but I don't remember it. You don't remember The Mutant? No. (laughs) With the two brains? I, I, no, I really don't. He's got that. one brain, I'd say, just one really big brain. Yeah, there's also a fake movie in this called Star Killer, which we'll talk about in spoilers. But uh, <laughs> that's actually where Robert Picardo gets one of his uh, one of his roles. Yeah, uh, some fun stuff in there. Uh, but no, he's got you know, uh, talks got like sci-fi posters all over his wall. He's really into space. He wants to be an astronaut, and you know all these things. Like he's a super super sci-fi nerd. Um. So, obviously, that's endearing to us. Now, it is worth mentioning that it does, you know, fall slightly victim. Not not too badly. It's not, it's not too harsh or anything, but it does fall a little bit victim to the, the 80s attitude of uh, romance in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you realize you could make a flying bubble with a person inside it, what's the first thing that you would do with it? God, check out some girls. <laughs> Through a bedroom window. Yeah, that's not... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd be a problematic at all um but i mean that, that said though the 13 year old boys so I mean, yeah I, i'm not saying it's unrealistic i'm just <laughs> um you know it's a peeping tongue <laughs> <laughs> what was it george bird watching um <laughs> Just you, just you wait for the epic four hour Back to the Future review, guys. It's coming at some point. <laughs> some uh, point. <laughs> that review is cursed. <laughs> well, we've already picked what we're doing for episode 100. Maybe episode 200 should be Back to the Future since it's such a, a lauded, hyped thing. Maybe. If that's enough time. If that's enough time. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... So, characters are super endearing, love the music, I love the overall feel. Uh, the, the credits really emphasize industrial light and magic's role in this, and it's kind of funny watching, there's a couple of dream sequences, especially early on, where there's kind of like a really rudimentary kind of, well, I'm assuming it's CGI. I mean, I could, it might not be, but it looked very, C, like, early CGI to me. It looked like Tron. Yeah, it looked, it looked kind of Tron-like, yeah, the idea of they're like flying over a circuit board essentially mm-hmm. uh but it, it doesn't look like a real circuit board though it looks like a weird tron-esque like neon lighting circuit board <laughs> yeah uh, I, I, I like the look of that stuff though it has a yeah it, 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 i think it's something you said that earlier on was whimsy it has a lot of like very much childlike wonder about mm-hmm. all the things that it kind of tackles and looks at um plus you know i, I i'm a killer for a good uh killer I'm a sucker for a killer uh, montage, and there's those. I don't think there's a better montage in history than them building this ship. God damn it! <laughs> do, you know what I th- do you know what I think I like about it? I think I like the fact that 
everything in it is like made from some normal object all on some wood that they cut up uh sure um i i question its safety but i mean i like the i i like how they are able to do the the space travel and how it works out um their their spaceship <laughs> i guess it is very much like what a kid might design because they are treating it like a ride or like something on tv hmm. i mean um, it's, it's literally built out of uh like a fairground ride mm -hmm. like pod i don't even know what you call it specifically but it's one of the sort of the round ones that you, you know three or four people sit in and all right and it's provided to them because of their newest member i like I like that each kid has a distinct role to play in order for them to be yeah, to go on their mission, you know? They Hawk, couldn't do it without the others. Yeah, Hawk's kind of the leader and the dreamer. Literally, as well, because he gets, like, info from a dream, but in the sense mm -hmm. that he's the one who believes in it and really is passionate about it. Wolfgang's the, the one with the brains who can actually pull it off, and then uh, the, the the DIY side and the access to the materials is all through uh, Wolf, uh, not Wolfgang. Yeah, Darren, yeah. So, no, I, no, I appreciate that, too. I like that quite a bit. Um, and to, to, to be fair, with the safety question, it, I think it's made pretty clear that the ship itself is not actually functioning as anything other than essentially being a chair for them to sit mm -hmm. in. Because the actual allowance for space travel is this mysterious bubble they're able to make from this stream, which we'll get into in spoilers, the d details, but um, that's the safe thing. That's the thing that's doing all the work. That's the thing that's keeping them safe and everything. The, the ship itself is just a, a chair. That's all it yeah. is. But it looks—it's just—it's a pod with a couple of windows that open up. Made out of uh, uh, washing machine doors. Mm -hmm. Well, two of them. Just are. stuff they found. Yeah, the middle one's like a TV screen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think when I was a kid, like yeah, obviously people used to like build dens and stuff as a kid out of blankets or whatever. There was something always like so appealing to me about this little pod when they had all the snacks and it's all junk kid food because <laughs> of course they're all yeah. kids. Um, granola bars and yeah. chips we've got supplies <laughs> and he pours out the supplies and it's like yeah like cookies and chips and whatnot and like okay yes it's a great idea and i i think what's really funny to me is that it becomes clear that the trip's not meant to last more than like 10 15 minutes because that's how long that's how much oxygen they've got and yet they've bought a bag full of snacks that would last probably <laughs> a week <laughs> yeah yeah it's cute that's the priorities it's very well written from the perspective of like youth and wonder. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we'll, we're about ready to go to spoilers. So uh, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palaces, David Short, Bored Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They are Patreon producers, which means they are $20 or more on patreon.com slash mailfustdb i was getting distracted because tara was like she was looking at me like have i tilted the camera right is, is, is this correct as she was adjusting what was what's going on yeah i was just smiling at the people who noticed that i was tilting the camera okay well i noticed so thank you i appreciate the smile uh but on the subject uh, would you like to tell them about patreon <laughs> how dare you yes if you enjoy our reviews please check out our patreon patreon page it's patreon.com slash tv and if you donate as well as one dollar per month you will get access to bonus episodes of the ace so if you're looking for your favorite um david carradine or garrett graham movie it, it may be on our bonus episodes and we have a 
back catalog now of quite a few films, so please check it out. And for $5 per month, you will get access to reviews for The Ace one day early, but other shows you'll get a whole week early, so please check that out. Thank you. Thank you. Not bad. Not bad. It's definitely been worse. It's definitely been worse. (laughs) Definitely been worse. Uh, I got to name drop Gary Graham. That's what we're judging on there. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, full spoilers then for explorers. From this point on, you have been warned. So, yeah. I, actually, something I'll mention here. Well, I'll talk about what it actually is because it's, it's from the ending. But I'm pretty sure the tape I had as a kid uh, was slightly edited. It's particularly at the ending because there's a couple of things at the end that I did not remember. <laughs> at all despite the fact that i watched this probably dozens and dozens of times as a kid like it didn't ring any bells for me so uh we'll talk about that when we get there but uh yeah the movie starts with the the flying through the sky and it's like what's going on and it's, it's this dream of him flying over the circuit board ethan hawk's character uh was it ben like uh, yeah ben mm-hmm. uh he, he wakes up and he gets his walkie this is an 80s thing right walkie talkies all, all the boys have walkie talkies so they can contact each other yeah. in secret <laughs> I love one. it. And he's like, hey, hey, I had this I would have killed for that. I don't know how they work, though. You'd have to be pretty close, right, for the walkie-talkie? Uh, yeah, relatively. I so, uh, That said, though, these... Whenever they show these walkie-talkies, though, they're always like these proper, like, industrial-looking walkie-talkies. Because like, the walkie-talkies that you actually get your hands on as a kid in real life tend to be these little cheap toy ones that had a yeah, range Yeah, you can, of like, it. talk to someone in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it was, like, a five-meter range, whereas... These look like proper walkie-talkies that, like, a, like a, like a, you know, like a sheriff might have on his <laughs> the belt or something. That maybe it does have a range that's not yeah. silly. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. I've always wanted one, like, when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I have a cell phone now. I would need it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we all have cell phones now. I mean, the, the need for this is, is, this is purely a nostalgia. I mean, it's not always a nostalgia thing at the time. At the time, it was just, this is what we do with kids in movies. It's like, I can just talk to my friend at any time. <laughs> it's amazing just, just wait until you can send memes anytime you want that's that's where that's where things really get going kids all right now i just need friends <laughs> oh but he wakes up and draws this thing so it's very you know flux capacitor-esque you know it's very much and this is funny because it came out the same years back to the future but it's actually now that i'm thinking about it i kind of have a similar idea where he just wakes up and he's like oh i need to draw this thing it's gonna let us do a thing now to be fair to be fair, though, here is explained uh, later. Like the, the, I mean, these dreams are literally been beamed to him by aliens, mm-hmm. to, so that he'll figure this out and they'll they'll develop this thing. Um, we get a couple of things. Uh, we get him. We get introduced to the idea that he has this friend named Wolfgang who gets picked on uh, by the bullies. Steve Jackson, the prick that he is with the mullet, uh, <laughs> knocking books out of his hand. There's another. There's another random bully that rips his pants like in half. Which yeah. Never comes That's back up. Cruel. Uh, yeah, so it's proper cruel. This, this is why these things growing up around like, wait, are American skills this shit? Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't go to school in America until '97, so we're well past the '80s at that point. Yes. And the, I mean, yeah, there was some cruelty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd say I'd say some medium hazing. 
medium, medium I don't even want to know what medium hazing is. I, I'm happy not knowing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we get to this stuff, and we see that unlike Wolfgang, who decides to go home when his pants are ripped, uh, Ben decides to fight the bully. And it's not going so well. Like, he's willing to put up a fight, but he's, get, he's getting the crap kicked out of him. Uh, and that's when we get introduced to Darren, who jumps in and sort of, you know, tells him to quit it and then knocks him over and the Billy chase him instead. Uh, he drops his Walkman, of course, uh, which Ben wants to return to him later. And that's when he tries to, hey, this island earth, dude, come on, you got to break him over. <laughs> got two heads. Two heads. Yeah. Yeah. But I really it, like this kid. Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? I like this kid a lot. Uh, I bet uh, he was a Mystery Science Theater fan. Oh, most probably. Most mm. probably. Um, it hadn't started yet, but he would have been in high school. Definitely. He, he would, he'd have been into it when it started. Uh, <laughs> so, I think what's really important here, there's a couple of key things for the characters that are set up. Uh, particularly for Ben and Darren. I think Wolfgang maybe sits out a little bit different and he has maybe the least of an arc of the movie. Now, and their arcs are not that super deep, but they are they are there and they are set I up. I mean, he's got a little bit of an arc with the ladies. <laughs> okay, Cause he, yes. Because Wolfgang thinks that Ben is gross because Ben has a crush on a girl. And whenever they start to get a little bit of, uh, I, I'd say, uh, power because they have this ability to sneak into other places with their not ship but with their ability to float um darren's immediate like we can fly over the girl's locker room or something <laughs> the girl's gym i think he said mm-hmm. and then wolfgang responds with that's also gross okay so, so he has a bit of a coming out of his shell i guess i would still say it's probably the weakest of the three and the just because I feel like Darren's arc is clearly that, you know, we discover here that when Ben follows him home, try to give him his weapon back, and the conversation quickly becomes about the shouting coming from his house, and we get the, the impression that Darren likes to avoid going home because his dad and his stepmom fight a lot. Uh, he's in a bad mood because he's not been get, getting work. He's, he's, you know, failing his job interviews and whatnot. And... We get the sense that he, you know, he's not too angry at his dad. It doesn't sound like his dad's a complete dick or anything. He's not like abusive, but you know, he does tend to what he like avoid going home. Um, yeah. And his arc by the end of the movie is, and it's really simple as one little sentence at the end where he says, as they're, as they're flying back over his house, he's like, "Oh, I wonder what my dad's doing." And it just it's, it's a simple little thing where he's he's taking an interest in what he's avoiding, and it's kind of the same for for Ben in a lot of ways where. Throughout the movie, he's like ignoring school. He's falling asleep in class. He's getting bad grades, but they both are. And when he's talking to his mother, like randomly halfway through the movie, he writes like a will before they go on their big mission. He's writing like a will, just like handwritten, <laughs> as if he's got anything to give away at thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> but I would have done the exact same thing. Of course, of course. <laughs> but you know, he's asking his mom, like, "Hey, if I wanted to be an astronaut, I'd be okay, right?" And of course, his mom says, "Yeah, of course." I think he means, you know, get a good degree and you know go, go 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 get a doctorate maybe or an engineer like a big engineering degree or something some masters perhaps and then eventually go to nasa you know the the, the channels yeah. one would take maybe become a, a fighter pilot or something that's also an avenue i think some people have taken to become an astronaut but, uh, in the early years yeah yeah in the early years um and it's kind of like this idea that he he is kind of living in the clouds a lot, and that's not just a I'm not trying to make a pun because that's the dream literally is is him flying through the clouds, <laughs> is that 
he is constantly thinking about space and looking up at the stars and he's the one who wants to go constantly saying no we have to do this we have to do this and it's the idea that by the end of the movie like okay you've got this crush on this girl on laurie and you spied on her a little bit outside of her window you look in at her window every every day when you're going to school you stop in your bike and you look out the window but you never actually do anything about it mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not actually trying to like do anything in your life you're just dreaming uh, about space and stuff and it's almost like partly because of what he learns about the aliens that he meets and realizing they're kind of similar and like he should actually appreciate the earth that he's on and the life that he has and the people around him and that he's willing to actually do something about it no yes okay the way he gets the girl at the end is aided by alien technology which he is given and it makes it kind of <laughs> easy for him but that's not really the point the point is is that he's willing to actually okay let's try and make the most of what we have here and yeah just get your get your yourself back on earth because he does have his like his head in the clouds like you said and he's he's and even when he's he gets to uh to meet the aliens um they're not what he expected and he's got a lot of disappointment yeah he's disappointed for a, a lot of it yeah uh yeah down to earth maybe the phrase would use to describe what he needs to do <laughs> exactly get back down to earth yeah yeah he's so. looking up he's gotta look around <laughs> yes yes but I, I i as well i'm saying all these characters have this arc i think it's like important for them all to go on this adventure though i, I don't think the movie's criticizing them for being this because they're 13 year old boys and they should be wanting to go on adventures and they should be dreaming a little bit uh it's kind yeah, of uh, they, that, that's they don't why need I kinda, to have girlfriends <laughs> that's why i'm calling it kind of like a a late coming of age because i do think that's kind of like no but as a kid you should go on an adventure like this and Mm -hmm. learn something from it and then that'll make you better you know yeah create strong friendships yeah yeah oh yeah these three are born for life (laughs) after this oh yeah shenanigans (laughs) uh but yeah so they go to wolfgang uh the two of them and Wolfgang's d- developed a prototype based on the, the schematics that he gave him. Now, this is an 80s movie with computers in it, so you just kind of have to... Everything we know about computers... Because there's a point where he's, he's hooked up a circuit board to his little ancient, like, 1985 mm-hmm. computer, and he says, oh, this is weird. It's, it's uh, programming itself. And I'm like, but it's a circuit board. What do you mean it's programming itself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sense. But, I mean, River Phoenix does a really good job of like acting with the with what he's given because I, I think he he does the the nerdy kid really really well mm-hmm. there's a couple of lines that i think maybe could have used a retake but <laughs> where he just kind of stops and i i know why but it sounds like it it comes across like he forgot the line halfway through <laughs> in one of the scenes <laughs> maybe it makes it a bit more believable i don't know uh yeah, but, maybe but when he turns but, up he turns it's really this, good though. Okay. Yeah, he turns this thing on and they don't see it. It's not until later we actually get a visual of what it is, but something which, you know, essentially for lack of a better is like a small bubble that's really but it's a hard bu- bubble, right? It's a bubble that can burst through anything. So like mm-hmm. the shelf of books gets this like they've all got a hole in them because this thing's flown through them. Um because of the stupid cat. Yeah. Actually that's funny, there's there's two animals he- that heavily feature in this scene. And one of them which I'd forgotten about is that there's like a like a mouse or a, a hamster who mm-hmm. is uh got little buttons in its cage and each button's a different command it's it's kind of like when you're playing a video game and they give you like quick like text just if you don't oh, tap of the d-pad and it'll say oh thanks or oh yeah. you know i need help over here or something 
Um, and it's, it's, a, it's like a little paddle with the, the, the things hitting it, and he's like, cheese. <laughs> yes, uh, I love that mouse. He might be my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure how I feel at the most. I do think we have to address the elephant in the room, um, and we mean that figuratively, but Gus, your cat, is in this movie. Um, not only does he look a lot like he's Gus, and he's a, a bit of a, I don't know, a bowling ball of a, a ginger cat, um, <laughs> but he also causes the chaos that Gus might do. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he jumps on the keyboard and it causes the thing to go flying around. Um, <laughs> and they're like, bad cat. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. That sounds... Gus's sabotage may recording. Uh, yes, but... The cat will never say the words go to hell to James Cromwell. <laughs> no, but the mouse did. Yes, quite right. The mouse does. <laughs> so funny. Um, the mouse I... named Heinlein after Robert Heinlein, a, a really fantastic science fiction writer. Oh. Most people probably know him because of Starship Troopers, but nice I've read a few of his books. and That's a nice really touch. Fun. There's so many little things, like, again, there's a lot of, so much nostalgia for this movie. There's, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, the little moments that sort of hit my nostalgia buttons a little bit. And it was just something as simple as, like, when they first go in the house, and, like, the, the whole idea of Wolfgang's house is that he's got, like, four brothers and sisters, so it's always really noisy and messy. Uh, but the, the, the mother, like, who's, like, foreign, has baked this, like, fancy Greek, like, pastry or something like that. Um... And for some reason, like, you know, Darren being handed a piece of this pastry and looking down at it and, like, being sort of hesitant, just, like, it's those little moments in between the, the big things that make me go, oh, I'm, I'm having, like, weird deja vu flashbacks to watching this as a kid and seeing this mm-hmm. uh, over and over again. So, uh, I don't know, I'll just like to mention it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Ben can't sleep that night. He's watching this island there, but he can't sleep, so... And he says, you know what, this movie actually kind of sucks. I'm going to go out into the roof uh, and lie in my blanket that's out there. And I specifically remember thinking as a kid, but what if it rains? You've got this, like, blanket, a sleeping bag or whatever it is up in the roof. Like, what if it, what if it rains, Ben? What? You're a very cautious kid. I just, I don't know. Maybe, well, I, well, I was a kid in Scotland. It rained a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think this is like Burbank or something. I'm sure they're fine. Okay. It rains once every two decades. All right, all right. Uh, but no, he, he's looked up at the stars and the, the the scores doing some wonderful little things and it's all magical and it's like, oh, we're setting up. Wolfgang calls him and he's like figured it out and he's able to control the little bubble and he can direct it to go elsewhere. He also makes it sort of fill in a little bit so we can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay, see, this is great. But is this the scene where the cat jumps on the, the keyboard, or was it the earlier scene? Because it may be this one. Because this is, this is the one where it actually leaves the house and, like, causes chaos in the neighborhood. Well, I think that is the first scene. And then the second scene with the bubble is that it, uh, they go to the park. No, 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 no. That's the third scene with the bubble. There's two scenes in the then, basement. Then I don't know. <laughs> no, it's the second one with the cat. Because the second one's the one at nighttime where it goes through the wall uh, into the neighborhood. And then mm-hmm. comes back in and like crashes through the wall, because uh, they make it a little bit bigger, um, and it's super fun. The third one is when they sort of take it for like a sort of safer test out in the middle of nowhere, you know, out in the field, and you know, Darren's like, "Well, how big can we make it?" It's like, "Well, just it, 
you know, Ben, who's never touched a computer in his life, clearly, is like, do, 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 oh, I'll just do, 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 do this. Uh, uh, he gets really catty at one point because uh, Wolf Guy's like, hey, don't touch the computer. All right? He's like, I dreamed it. I can touch it if I want. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Weird line of logic, but he's a kid, so. I think Pass. it tracks. I think it tracks. Yeah. Uh, but the bubble appears around Wolf Guy and he flies around a little bit, but, you know, it's a bit of chaos. But they, ha- it's like they have this moment where like, wait, we can make this big enough to go inside. Like, what can we do with this? Which leads to the aforementioned spine on the girl, Laurie, that, that Ben is a giant crush on. At least she wasn't changing. Yeah, to be fair, as much as there's like several scenes of him looking in her bedroom window, none of them are remotely even near her getting dressed. It's like, she's brushing her hair, she's sitting reading or something. It's never yeah, one of those moments. But that's the thing, though. Like, if it was, if he happened, to, if it happened to be one of those moments, you think he would have said, "Oh, we should stop this right now because I might see something private." <laughs> something tells me that he'd be like, "Jackpot!" That would be the the reaction I expect thirteen year old Ethan Hawke would have. Uh, I mean, I, he's already willing to spy in her window, so yeah, probably. That would be my guess. That would be my guess. <laughs> he doesn't actually get caught. I mean, obviously not floating in, in the window, but uh, uh, they they turn it off and he just falls into the bushes. So she sees him outside and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Ah, oh, there was a cat in the tree." <laughs> See you at school. Bye. <laughs> yes, very suspicious. Uh, but but this is where the movie really picks up. This is where the movie gets to the point. Okay, right. You know, can, can we build something? Can we do this? Darren takes them to the junkyard and they they find their pod. They have to wheel it home and it goes down the hill and into the bush. There's a a lot of stuff in this movie which I kind of forgot about, which is them just clearly like pissing off the entire neighborhood with noise at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of like crashing into trash cans and all sorts of malarkey. Uh, But. I mean, what's his name? Wolfgang destroys his entire basement. That is true, <laughs> yes. Uh, a lot of chaos. But this is kind of, you know, we're really into the montage. Um, and th- this is actually the piece of music that I remember the most from this movie, is the montage music. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's got a very kind of mission statement, kind of like call to action kind of vibe to it that kind of really keeps pulsing. Uh, but yeah, there's like, the, the top of the front is like a suitcase. There's like a, a tire on the front and all sorts to get oxygen tanks. Uh, and snacks. And snacks, lots of snacks, yeah. But it's a, you know, it, I I love that they take the time to like carve out some fins and paint them red with like a mm-hmm. yellow bolt of lightning just to give it some pizzazz. Like that, that's to look a spaceship. That's to has to feel special. Oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I like when they first um take the little cart from the from the old carnival or whatever it was and mm-hmm. it like makes noise every time it rolls around it makes like clown car noises <laughs> so i wish that that stayed <laughs> i'm okay with that leaving it i mean i got annoying uh <laughs> but it, it did kind of like it it, it kind of added to like how silly this kind of is i suppose mm-hmm. like it sort of was pointing out how silly they, they're, they're possibly being here which maybe makes it more satisfying when it all works <laughs> at the yeah. end it's like oh hey actually that's fly oh we're not completely screwed um 
Yeah. I, I, again, just going back to the theme of the characters kind of ignoring their lives to, to do this uh, and that being kind of their arc of the movie. But there's literally, a, in the montage, there's, there's scenes of them falling asleep at school and, and you know, getting bad grades. And even Wolfgang, who's clearly the one who has, like, stacks of books all the time and is a total, total nerd, is, like, just passing out and, like, his head's landed on the book in class. Uh, you know, it's, uh... It's fun. It's, I mean, I, it's good to have, yeah, it's good to establish there's still kids that have to have their kid life. We like seeing that, you know. It grounds it, yeah, it doesn't just ignore the fact that they, they, they do have, like, a day schedule they're supposed to be keeping in. You know, they can't just say to their parents, hey, got a project, uh, mm-hmm. I'll be sleeping in today. Thank you very much. Right, yeah. So, when they take it for the first test run, though, and they go flying... And there's this big moment because they've got like floodlights on the front and it looks really cool. And at first they're just excited to be going over the over the town, but they end up at the drive-in, and this is where we get the uh, the fake movie Star Killer. <laughs> Star Killer, you think that's like a nod to Star Wars? It may be. There was a, a reference to Star Wars when they were at the junkyard because at one point uh, when. When Ben finds a gas mask, he puts it on and he, he sort of pretends his flashlight's a lightsaber for like a minute. Mm. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm. I think most people know who watch science fiction movies, but Luke Skywalker originally was going to be called Scott, uh, Star Killer. Mm-hmm. That was his original title, I suppose. So, yeah. Um, one of the things I noticed this time, actually, I don't know if I ever noticed before, for whatever reason. Is that at the end of the scene when they're flying away from the the movie because they realize that they're in front of the movie screen and all the people who are watching will be able to see them, uh, mm-hmm. and there's like a funny little segue with like a, a like a couple on a date in a car who's like and the guy's like oh this looks so fake and then the thing flies by them and it uh you know it's a typical moment but it creates a lot of destruction because they end up crashing through like the uh you know the the, the concessions area and when just as they're leaving. It cuts back to the movie, and I never noticed this before. At least I don't, I don't remember noticing it. Is that a part of the set in the movie falls down, and Picardo, like staying in character, picks it back up <laughs> and puts it in place. Yeah, it, it's a little bit confusing when you watch it because it, it's almost like are they influencing? Like, is it just poorly timed that the actors on the on screen are also like reacting to what's going on out? outside in the real world but i guess uh i guess it's just such a bad movie that they've made <laughs> it's more like an edward movie or something yeah I think that's the impression you're supposed to get i, I yeah. mean it's, it's kind of a homage to cheesy sci-fi movies is what it is uh oh yeah i i enjoy watching it plus i love robert picardo so it's it's great to see him in a movie like this yeah uh, probably the most endearing part of the movie though is Dick Miller's character I think because Dick, Dick Miller shows up here because he's a helicopter pilot and him and his partner show up in the helicopter here because like hey there's a, a flying object being you know picked up on radar causing chaos at the, the movie theater like you know someone's going to notice <laughs> like, uh, so someone is going to pay attention to this and like you know it flies away and the kids get away but this like it sort of starts like an obsession from dick miller where he like he's, he's sort of looking into it kind of like you know in his free time like he's not like on the job anymore yeah. he's just kind of like and there's a his there's free a, time in a police chopper but 
better, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he has this, this phone conversation uh, where he talks about how he's been having these dreams. And he mm-hmm. specifically, the scene ends with him saying, I've not had dreams like this since I was a kid. And it's actually right before the, uh, Ben gets his, like, new... Because obviously the big dream starts is at the start of the movie. But then after this part, when the other <laughs> two are kind of like, no, nah, that was dangerous. We, act- we crash landed. We almost got caught. Maybe we shouldn't do this again. Ben has a second dream, and but this time the other two dream it as well, and they're all in like a shared dream. They went full Inception. <laughs> they're all together in this dream, but because of that, that motivates them all because it's like new circuitry that mm-hmm. like help, improves the thing so they can get to space, whatever. And then Freddy Krueger shows it. <laughs> but notably, this Dick Miller scene happens right before that. So his the end of his scene is him saying, "I've not had dreams like this since I was a kid," and then it goes to this new dream, and it really sets up this idea that. That, you know, maybe the reason why he's a helicopter pilot in the first place is because he maybe was a lot like Ben. Like, this was kind of his childhood thing, is that he, he loved space and he loved flying, and that's why he ended up doing what he's doing. And I love his, his little mini-arc a lot, because he's, he's looking for him, and he ends up tracking down the crashed ship. He confronts Ben, because he finds his jacket with his like, name and address in the tag. Yeah. And... You know, the at the end of his arc is when he just he gets there just a little bit too late as they're flying out, as they're taking off on their, their big sort of third act, you know, mission. And you know, he looks up and just smiles and says, you know, way to go, kid. You know, he's not angry, he wasn't trying to catch him, he wasn't trying to like bring him in because he did something wrong. Are you not slightly disappointed that we didn't get to see Dick Miller at the end of the movie? I feel like he should have came back. I, I felt like because when they come back and they land in the water, like, it'd have been so easy to have, like, one of them, like, maybe be struggling, like, maybe they're stuck, and then just, like, have Dick Miller, like, be there to jump in and save them. Like, the idea being Or that- have, like, someone give him, like, a souvenir from the aliens to be like, you know, they're, they're, they were waiting for you, or you're next or something, you know? I don't know. I just, I felt a little bit like um, he had more of a story. Though I did see in the trivia, like, that I guess this movie was unfinished. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah, more. I, I, yeah, I thought there was more to it than that. Um, no, no, I, I, I agree. You should have came back up at the end. I don't necessarily think there's too much more story with him, though. I, I, I think the ending of him looking up and you know saying "way to go," it, you know, it was enough to kind of wrap up what the point of his character was. Is that you know this is someone who got old and like forgot about the the dreams and the passion and kind of approved of their childhood <clears throat> adventure. So this is the top thing on the trivia. It says the film was never finished and was released as a work in progress. When the studio decided to move up the release date, the release of the film, as it, they released the film as it was, telling director Joe Dante that he was finished and they were going to go ahead and release what they had at that point. So it's an unfinished movie. And maybe that's why the Dick Miller stuff, it, it does seem a little bit like he, he should have had another appearance. What's so weird about that to me, though, is that it doesn't necessarily... I mean, maybe outside of Dick Miller seeming, you know, you know, leaving the movie earlier than you'd expect him to, I, I don't know if anything else feels that unfinished to me. Maybe the alien stuff could have had another go-around. Well, yeah, but what does unfinished mean here, though? Does it mean there was more of the script to shoot? Or does it just mean that, oh, there was going to be more effects work, or there was going to be more editing going on? Like, you know, is it just post-production that wasn't finished? But regardless, I just, I really like the, the kind of, the sentiment that brings to the movie, that the one adult character we actually spend any time with is like, you know what, like, 
I wish I could get on that adventure. Like, I, I'm a little, not jealous, but, like, envious that he gets to do this, because I wish it was it was me. I don't know. There's, there's something sweet about that. It uh, would have been nice if they brought something back for him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so they, they go off out of space, and they keep going, and they end up on, on a ship, and uh, there's a lot of little moments on, on the way, though, that I do kind of like in the dialogue. It's particularly from Ethan Hawke. There's a lot of, like, him kind of talking about how, you know, we're going further. Like, this is... Like, you know, waited my whole life for this. I'm like, yeah, all 13 years of it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just stuff like that. But once they get to the ship and it's kind of mysterious, they get split up and they go down a shoot and, like, uh, like two of them are together. Uh, it's, it's Darren who's separate, but then eventually Wolfgang's the one who's separate and the other two meet up and there's a lot of creeping around. Uh, I, how do you feel about the the sets and this, that stuff? Like, is, is... I, I actually do like the design of the... Of- the interior um just because it doesn't look like it's something made for humans yeah which is a lot of alien species in science fiction films have that problem mm-hmm. um this one definitely looks like like the doors are really big and like it doesn't really it's it's awkward for the kids to to get around they have to climb things uh, yeah. i i like that a lot no, I agree. I, I like the constant like like fog or you know mist that's everywhere. The mm-hmm. the weird platforms and just the just the wacky design. You know, because when when Darren kind of like first kind of lands somewhere, he has to like sort of like go around. He has to like be on this wheel and then climb. Like, there's, a, there's a lot of mm-hmm. obstacle nature to this. Uh, there's also a couple of weird bits. There's, there's like a big there's like a weird robot spider thing that sort of like gets two of them up against the wall is it almost as if it's a police robot where it makes them like sort of like spread <laughs> and like mm-hmm. checks their pockets and stuff um, even has police lights on it yeah yeah a, like an alarm that goes off it's it's a weird moment uh i, I kind of appreciate the char of it though but of course, of course we're here to talk about the aliens more than anything and um i i do i do kind of love ethan hawk you know sort of like swallowing and be like okay <laughs> i've waited my whole life to say this we come in peace. And he's, he's so excited about it. Yeah. What's up, Doc? And that is what the alien responds. And But it's like a recording, you know. It's, I mean, I hate to bring up Transformers to compare it to, but it's very Bumblebee. It's the it's the recordings of the <laughs> the classic TV clips and, and movies and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of mostly how this alien talks in. Um, not, what, uh, not what Ben was expecting to hear. No. Um... And there is that, and that is kind of the irony is that so so these aliens that this brother and sister seemingly uh, are actually children because when we see an adult of this species, he is much much bigger <laughs> the, <laughs> later on, but that they are obsessed with TV just like he is, and he's almost disappointed that. I mean, he's disappointed for various reasons, but one of the big reasons is that they're just obsessed with media like he is. They're not any more interested than he is. And I think that's mm-hmm. ultimately kind of disappointing for him. And they're also kids, and I do love the symmetry of like. They're just like these kids, and that they have went exploring in their like their dad's spaceship. Because you get the impression, okay, they stole the, the dad's car from the garage, and yeah. this is a joyride, and that's basically what this is. Uh, yeah, um, and I, I like also where you know they've been watching us for a long time, and when Ben's like, "Well, how come you haven't come to Earth then?" 
and they're like, well, we watch your movies. We know what you guys will do to us if we show up. And they just play all these movies that we've been watching. Yeah. Including damn. The Day They Are Still. Yeah. still that was on <laughs> With there. all the trigger-happy military Americans yeah. <laughs> shooting at the aliens. And um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because Ben sort of steps forward and says, no, we don't re- really kill people. We do kill, I suppose, but not aliens because we haven't met any yet, which isn't really a good <laughs> sign. That's like, think about what you're saying, Ben. <laughs> you admit the possibility is still very much there. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it could be that because they're kids, they also, um, you know, beam these coordinates or, or a way to get to them to kids that would be capable of doing it. But also they would probably feel a lot safer if they brought kids because kids were yeah. not likely to bring weapons. I don't know if it's so much that they thought it out in a sort of brains way like that, or is it more just that they looked for someone who was like them? Like, they, they recognized that Ben was similar to them, and it was... Yeah. That was, like, more the, the reason than anything. I, I do find the aliens to be very um, annoying, as much as I love Robert Picardo. Uh... The constant like uh, re- recordings of the the sounds and stuff, I found it quite frustrating to listen to. I will say I do think he's on a little bit too long for what it is. Uh, what I will, I- I'm not this in love with the heads of the aliens. I will say though that all the full shots of the main alien walking around when you can see his full mm-hmm. body, I was I thought that su- looked surprisingly good from like from like a suit and like makeup and prosthetics point of view. Um, I actually thought, I mean, the the head part worked pretty well for me. Like it, it like it's it obviously is a, it's some sort of animatronic puppeting yeah. slash person inside a suit. But you know, I liked all the details of the eyes moving and the antennae moving. And oh yeah, when I say I don't like the head as much, I, I I'm talking more about the design than I am about it, the realism or the 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 craft of its you know its features, yeah. if you will. Yeah, it's got that, I don't know, I don't want to say that 80s look, but it it is almost a little bit like, let's just take E.T. but make it, like, goofier. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, I respected when we were walking around and you could see the full body, though. There was, like, a full mm-hmm. sort of walking and it, it looked good. There was a nice, like, The female texture. also you could see pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking she may not stand up and we'll, maybe that's how they save some money. Is that she would just stay in the seat the whole time, but you just see her walking earlier uh, as mm-hmm. they're walking back to their ship. But she's got the hots for Wolfgang. She does. Uh, and she, Wolfgang's into it. She He's keeps touching be... them with her with her suction cups because that's what they have. They have little su- suction finger things. Right. <laughs> I know because uh, at one point Picardo says, "I'd like to get my cups on her." <laughs> <laughs> about uh, yes, about Laurie when they, they look at the photograph of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ben's crush. <laughs> Just a funny line. Um, no, I mean, like, I like the sentiment this brought because I mean the whole thing about like them being scared to come to Earth because they think that humans will kill them or maybe uh, dissect them or or whatever. It's actually kind of a dark point for this movie to bring up because it's not like anything in the movie before this point has had that kind of like uh, cynicism to it, and I wonder if this is maybe. The, the attempt with this is to, uh, going back more to this coming-of-age thing, the idea that th- this kid's never thought about this. 
So mm -hmm. the idea that these aliens are scared, you know, is this kind of a, an analogy for someone like growing up and then realizing that like racism still exists when to him, he's been kind of like blind to it because, you know, he's a, he's a white kid in a fairly, what looks like a white area. I mean, well, I'll put it this way. The movie has almost nothing but white characters as far as I can remember. So, um, you know, is that maybe kind of like an analogy that's going for here is that this, this sort of awakening in, in these like formative years where he's, he's kind of realized, oh yeah, we do kind of suck. Oh. Uh, well, plus he's been, we've been seeing all these clips from movies that he's been watching the whole time and he's totally missed that point, you know, yeah, like that's true. he, he was watching War of the Worlds and, um, even this Island Earth, um, <clears throat> has, as something similar to that and like aliens are always portrayed as an enemy or dangerous. You know, it's kind of a flip because at the start of the movie, uh, Darren keeps saying to him, oh, do you believe everything you see in the movies? You know, you know it's just movies, right? And he's like, yeah, I don't believe everything in the movies. I, I kind of like the weird twist here at the end where mm -hmm. the part that's in the movies that is real is the part that he was kind of ignoring. Like, oh, sure, mm -hmm. all the aliens and the, the, the wars and all this shit. Okay, yeah, that's all made up. But <laughs> all the things that they represent in the, the serious issues, those are real. Mm -hmm. And that's the stuff that he wasn't necessarily paying attention to. And that kind of hits him as a shock here, because he because he almost tries to bring that up. Like, no, these are just movies; they're not real, but these parts <laughs> of it are, and that's kind of right. the the realization for him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I guess in so, talking about this, like, it's not, this is not like a super deep movie. It's not trying to be. I think it's just a good example of when you have it's like a childlike innocence being exposed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, what I'm trying to say is that. It's not a deep movie, it doesn't need to be, but this is an example of just a, like a writer and director who are, you know, they're making a kid's adventure movie, but they're they're doing it in a, a, a competent level where the characters still have a bit of an arc and there's still some depth to it. It's not like super depth. It's, it's, I'm not going to sit, sit here and say, oh, this is like talking about, uh, I don't know, like Inception or it's, it's not talking about uh, like, you know, 2001 or something like that. It's, it's not like that. And it never, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be fairly lighthearted and whimsical. Mm -hmm. But lighthearted and whimsical can still have a little bit of a point to it. I, I think one of the biggest problems with modern movies is that people say, oh, it's lighthearted and you leave your brain at the door. But yeah, but it still has to be competent. Like, it, that's just, you're just hand waving away the fact that it's nonsensical and makes no sense and doesn't say anything. That still says a little. And I think that's important that it still says well, something. Well, we have, we have Pixar for that now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure 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 um i mean pixar actually has a lot of depth in a lot of their movies so some more than others but it tends to be there there's usually a good message mm -hmm. in those movies mm -hmm. uh, definitely I, I would agree with that uh and it's right because you know ben's so disappointed like almost the whole time as he's realizing that these are just kids like him and uh in fact that's actually one of those little things that I really love is that when the dad shows up, the alien dad shows up, and he's not speaking English. The, the kids speak English because they've been watching TV, and they've learned black, uh, English. But the dad is just you know blah 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 blah, just doing an alien language, and it's actually it's it's Darren who looks up and says, "They're kids. That's their dad." Like he recognizes his father in this alien. Yeah. He recognizes the tone and the the attitude, and I, I love that little touch. Just, because when they asked originally, like, who is this? The the aliens are like, uh, space pirates? Like, should we, should we be worried? Uh. <laughs> but yeah, it just ends up being a, a giant version of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that. I, I think this use of, like, how 
what's real and what's what's sci-fi and how it kind of flips by the end for some of the different characters is, is kind of neat. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of it's this it's, it's way of thing. They do they do give uh, Ben a present though before he goes. They give him this sort of like pendant and they say that this is what dreams are made from. And I think it does take a bit of a stretch to realize that this what they're saying here is this is how they beam dreams into him, and therefore maybe he can do it now too. <laughs> and sure enough, he you know they all fall asleep in class together. <laughs> <laughs> no. I never thought about it that way. Maybe maybe they do actually fall. So I, I just assumed it cut ahead to later when they were in bed that <laughs> night. But uh, well, the girl is in her like nightgown, so maybe. that's true. Yes. Unless she just dreams in her nightgown. Possibly, possibly, but uh, she does actually see them them land because she hears like the the ruckus and like because because the ship the, the bubble turns off when they're above the water and they crash into the water and the ship sinks. Uh, and they're all and they all look at it and it's all they're all upset about it and they're sort of watching it sink and it's really this bittersweet moment for them but i, I think what i like about that is that they're kind of watching their innocence go away they, they kind of realize that this is their last <laughs> like completely carefree time they'll never be the same again no never uh, but yes he brings laurie into the dream and they fly together and they kiss um i'll tell you what i don't remember though from like watching this as a kid i don't really remember uh, him having the pendant in class and I don't remember the credits playing as they're flying where it just comes up saying, you know, Ethan Hawke Explo- over him. Yeah. Uh, and and then, of course, it has the little squares of the faces of the other ones as their names are coming up. I don't remember this at all. I think the credits must have been chopped off for TV. Yeah, it seemed like a, I thought it was an odd choice because they, I mean, all four of them are flying together in this dream, but only mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke has his name pop up and the rest are popped up with their little faces in the in the box next hey. to them while while there's while they're still flying in the background like why not just pan over to the next one well you said it's unfinished if, if it was just all post-production unfinished maybe just the effects maybe, of having maybe them. you got like the actual unfinished cut <laughs> no I'm since thinking... you're saying you're, you don't remember these scenes being there sure I, i'm pretty sure that was just cut for tv time though because they just wanted to fit in extra ad breaks or you know fit it into a slot or something uh, but like I, 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 I'm just I'm thinking that if if because this is all effects work, right? All this stuff at the end where they're flying in the dream. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'd already done Ethan Hawks, but they hadn't done it because you don't because the others are there, but you don't see a lot of them. You see mostly you see Laurie quite a bit because she's holding hands with them and they kiss and and whatever. Um, but yeah, so I'm wondering if that's why you just like it comes up with like little windows of clips from earlier in the movie for the others is because mm-hmm. you know that um yeah maybe uh i appreciated that dick miller got like fourth billing though as he should have <laughs> as he should have done he deserves Joe dante it. loves dick miller he does done he's the he world was, loves dick miller yeah who only just passed away like last year or something like that at like 90 years old but, you know he, he had a long run he, he was another mm-hmm. one we we're talking about james Cornwell earlier but dick miller's another one who looked the same age for a long because you know the, the earliest film I saw him in was probably at the start of the 80s or something like that, and he already looked like an old dude. <laughs> like, he's already, yeah. you know, he's not a spry chicken in this. But, you know, he was around for another 40 years going strong. I think when I retire, I'll become an actor. <laughs> Just take all the old lady parts. So, in a couple of years then? Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. I'll- I'm nowhere near retirement. That was a little high. Yeah, I'm probably never going to retire. 
that, that, I'm sorry. That sometimes you love a softball. I have to. I uh, I totally get it. I have to swing. I'm sorry. It's just how it, it's who I am. Damn it! It's who I am. It's been so long since an age joke, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think I've matured for the most part. <laughs> Let's not jump the gun here. <laughs> Look. The old days jokes were my exploring in the spaceship, and then I decided, no, what, I need to move on from this. And growing up happened. And here we are. We watched that joke um, sink to the bottom of an ocean. <laughs> and now no more old age jokes. Yes, yes. The thunder road of old age sank to the bottom of the water. <laughs> yeah, we never talked about that's what they named the ship. <laughs> After Bruce Springsteen's song, so eighties. Yep. I, I mean, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot more to go into, really. Um, it's it's really likable characters. It's a really great score. It's fun direction. Uh, it's got a heart. It's got some, you know, whimsy and sense of adventure. And it's got a little bit of a, a little bit of a story that actually has some meaning. Um, I do think the third act on the spaceship goes on a little bit long, and the alien, especially particularly when the aliens show up, I think the aliens, like you say, they're a little bit overbearing and could probably do with being a bit quicker or just talking more normal, just to make it easier <laughs> on the on the years. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's okay for kids though. Maybe kids like it. Yeah, I don't remember. But to be fair though, I mean the movie is an hour fifty, which is a little bit on the long side for something that is more aimed at kids. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, cutting out five minutes or so from that last like third wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. I don't think. If they wanted to trim it down, um, I have so much nostalgia for this. Though it's kind of one of these things where, like warts and all, I wouldn't change a thing because now it's just so ingrained in my head of what all of this is that, yeah, you know, there's the thought of changing anything, even something that's te- you know objectively not like the best it could be. It's like no, 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 no leave it. You leave the imper- imperfect because you know, hand shot first. Everything in this movie happened the way it happened. <laughs> okay. Okay. Headshot first, then Ben peeping Tommed first. <laughs> I think it's time to rate this. Peeped. Peeped. That's the past tense of peeping. Um, he peeped. Not pooped. Peeped. Very important. All right. Tara, would you... <laughs> Tara all of a sudden is like, please, the old age jokes, please come back. They were better than this. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone back to poop jokes? No. <laughs> Uh, All right, Tara. Uh, final conclusions and rating. Have at it. Uh, I think I think the movie is is very sweet. Uh, it is very adventurous. Um, really does a good job capturing the feeling of being young. And uh, I I did enjoy watching uh, our three lead lead actors. Um, They're really good. I. Uh, I don't love it. I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for it. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a good kids movie and, um, uh, I'll give it a, I'll give it a seven. Okay. Moment of hesitation there thinking you may upset me. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I noticed that. Uh, no, I, I, this is, it's a weird one for, for me because I have so much nostalgia. It's something that I've watched from a very, very young age. I watched the, the one I had taped off of TV as a kid so many times. Um, I did have it on DVD uh, before I got rid of DVDs <laughs> uh, once upon a time. Um, and 
I, you know, there's so much love of this. I mean, I, I think so much of my personality as a kid is somewhat shaped by stuff like this. And mm-hmm. I think this one especially uh, really, really captures what my imagination was like at the time. So it's very near and dear to my heart. That said, though, I'm going to be at least a little objective and not give it some sort of silly, super high rating. I'm going to give it a, a nice solid 8 out of 10 and acknowledge that, you know, maybe I'm going a little higher than it maybe deserves. Uh, and there's a reason why I, th- I mean, to be f- as much as I sort of like sound like I'm a little bit better, that Goonies gets all the love, I do think objectively Goonies is a much tighter movie overall. Mm-hmm. Um, even if I think the, the premise of this one appeals to me a little bit more, and the Goonies does not have Dick Miller, so that's uh, yeah, that's definitely a knock against it, or the Hawk for that matter. Uh, so yeah, there's points against it, but obviously, the Goonies is fantastic. I love the Goonies, it's a wonderful movie. Uh, you do have young. Young red-faced uh, Sean Astin, who's adorable in it. He's all right. Yeah. Oh, he's adorable. <laughs> he's all right. Yeah. But I just, you know, it's it's one of these things that's so near and dear to my heart, and it's it's been such a part of my my pop culture like identity <laughs> since I was a kid that mm-hmm. uh, I I can't help but smile. Like as soon as the music started, as I was watching it this time, I just had this big cheesy grin in my face and. I was just kind of like smiling as I remembered lines before they happened or I was, you know, remembering little cues in the music or just anything that was like sort of touching those sensors, all sure. those nostalgia sensors. I definitely in my brain. had that when all the This Island Earth scenes were on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the weird thing is that the last time I watched this, I probably didn't know what that movie was. So mm-hmm. I was still getting something new out of it this time. I was like, oh, hey, he's referencing like some, that, that movie I know that I've actually <laughs> seen and... You know, obviously it's famous because it's the Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, movie. Mm-hmm. And that sentence made sense, I promise. Uh, Which is why I know every single line of that film. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I love it dearly. I, you know, it, how, how does it work for a new person who's never seen it before? Um, I think if you like Stranger Things, honestly, give it a whirl. It'll pro- I mean, it'll be as good. You may, you may not love every part of it, but I think if you like Stranger Things, you're going to get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think if you like Stranger Things, make sure you go back and watch The Goonies and Explorers because they're right in that wheelhouse. That's exactly that's the movies that Stranger Things is mostly taking us. It's taking inspiration for a lot of things, but it's taking it from that first of all. So, Definitely. you know, go do it. Uh, there you go. That's Explorers. Um, What's and, coming up next time? Well, next time it'll be Real Steel. Uh, oh, okay. This is kind of a slot in because this is an extra one because it's the uh, the premium vote. Um, and for those of you who don't know, the premium vote because Tim's gone on paternity leave and there's no streams movies to go against. Uh, me and Tara are being a little bit cheeky and turning it into for a limited time until sometime in spring, the action cinema experiment vote. And we already had the first one because we're a little bit late in getting to this. Uh, so later this month we should have uh, the winner of the Tony Scott slash Denzel Washington vote, which is uh, Deja Lucky. Vu. And the funny thing is, is that Deja Vu actually is kind of a sci-fi movie, whereas the other options were all not sci-fi, which was kind of the, the point of the, the the fancy $10 vote, is that, oh, well, there's some action movies. It's like a bonus extra thing. Um, So, but that's coming later this month. We haven't decided what the next vote is yet, but it'll be four action movies in that slot. Obviously, the regular Ace vote is the $5 tier, and that'll just be four sci-fi movies, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, look forward to that. But You'll still get your sci-fi fix. Yes, there's still going to be, you know, four episodes maybe five depending on when the days fall in the weeks some some months have a five like 
you know, braid him on or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah. So, yes. So that's coming up sometime later in the month. So look forward to that. Um, yeah, so this is the part of the show where I'll say, if you made it this far, put the word... Put the hawk in the comments if you made it this far. That's the is that hawk. hawk with the E? I think that's a commenter's discretion. I don't think they can choose <laughs> if they want to put in the E. I think the the is mandatory, though. Not just okay. hawk. The hawk. Right, it's a title, yes, not a name. Exactly. Uh, it's so funny. The last thing I watched Ethan Hawk in, like, last month or two months ago, was uh, a fantastic little drama thriller called First Reformed. Uh, from the writer, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, from the writer, a taxi driver, and it's actually it is basically a taxi driver with a priest, and it's actually really good. Yeah, <laughs> um, got a lot of buzz. So uh, it's just funny that I went from that back to Explorers, where he's like this little kid. Well, we did a Ethan Hawke film, um, Predestination, right? Yeah, we did that a few months ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I suspect we'll be doing Gattaca eventually. Oh, absolutely! Gattaca's great. Gattaca's great, and. I don't want to hear about how he's actually endangering the other people because he's got a heart condition. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We'll talk about it when they do the movie. But I just there was I some, don't know this complaint. There was some preemptive looking forward to nitpicking it. with Gattaca, and I do not approve of it. Anyway, uh, so also I'll make Tara do her post for the thumbnail right about now. So here we go. Three, two, one. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> I could decide. <laughs> um, <laughs> with the glasses on, you could do like a, a Wolfgang kind of imperson impersonation or something. I don't, know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Nor do I. Uh, unfortunately, my my thirteen year old boyish good looks have all vanished into. You'll have to shave the beard for the thumbnail. And also somehow get my hair lined back to what it was. Uh, <laughs> Put on a hat. Which might be difficult, so, yeah. We'll see. Um, but yes. Uh, so yeah, that, that has been Explorers. Like I say, Real Steel should be the next one on the schedule, back to the regular uh, weekly episode. Um, and the last one should have been Pacific Rim, if this goes up when it is supposed to go up. So hopefully I do my work properly, and no one is saying, ha, that's a lie. Uh, but it should do. If not, then look forward to Pacific Rim. Yes. So, uh, please liketh and subscribeth on YouTube. Really important. Liking is a big deal. It is the free and easy way to support us. Uh, and you can feel good about helping us hit the YouTube, alg YouTube algorithm. And it's really, really helpful. And we mentioned Patreon earlier on as well, of course. Patreon.com slash TV. And it is worth mentioning, uh, just that $1 per month is more than we would make from you if you watched every single video we did and watched all the ads with every single one. Uh, There's so a lot of videos. Yeah, so a, a dollar uh, uh, may not sound like a lot, but it actually is uh, compared to YouTube's ad revenue system. <laughs> so so please uh, please consider and go and have a look. Uh, otherwise, catch us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. And uh, that's about it. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and exploring and computer at Celsius. We come in peace.